21CL Radio. Happy Monday morning to you. My name is Michael Bull. I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening today. And thank you so much for joining 21st Century Learning as we continue building communities of learners. Today, I've got a great guest. Speaking of building communities, it's Mike Johnson of Compass Education. When you hear the word sustainability, what comes to mind? For me, it is making sure we are not polluting planet Earth. Maybe it's the same for you. My guest today, Mike Johnson, has a much deeper definition. Sustainability, in his view, must include nature, economy, society, and well-being. Mike is part of a movement called Compass Education with a mission to equip schools as learning communities to educate and act for a sustainable future. We talked today about that movement and what it really means. Interestingly, at least for me, their biggest focus is not just on advocating for sustainability, but helping people to change existing practices and views and the process it takes to manage that change. Enjoy the conversation. Mike Johnson, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about learning. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too, and I'm excited to talk about what you guys are putting together or have had for a little while, Compass Education. So I wanted to set up a way for uh, you to tell us what it's all about. You ready? Yeah. So, yeah, love- well, even before that, I got this funny question I thought I'd put together. Okay, so we're sitting in an elevator, and you're wearing this T-shirt, and it says, Ask Me About Compass Education. So being one of those annoying people, I turn and look at you and say, So, tell me about Compass Education. Uh, the elevator pitch. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, no, um, absolutely. In, in a nutshell, it's a group of very passionate educators who hope to create a more sustainable future through K-12 education. And uh, on the ground, what we do is we help to train teachers, leaders, students how to tackle very complex issues and give them the tools to do so. So it's exciting work, it's invigorating work, and uh, it's a growing, growing community of, of people who want to make a better world. So what does that mean in practicality? Why? I mean, sustainability, the move towards sustainability is catching a lot of fire, it seems, which is good. But practically, what does that look like in a school, what you guys are trying to do? Yeah, I mean, you hit, it, you hit the nail on the head there with the first aspect is to understand, have a common understanding of mm-hmm. what sustainability is. Because people have very different uh, perceptions and depths of knowledge of what sustainability is. A lot of people you, you come across, their exposure to sustainability is mostly environmental sustainability. So their, their concept of sustainability will be recycling and trees and you know uh, many of the environmental initiatives that we see going on in school. Right. So I think you know, the first step in work, working with schools is gaining a common understanding within the community of what sustainability is and what we're actually driving towards that it's in, and that's, that's the first step in using the tool. It's why we're called compass because compass is a, is a tool that was created and it was created years ago before it was given to us as educators to use mm-hmm. by, by Alan Atkinson and, uh, and now Atkinson global, the, the, 
his his group that helps corporations and and the United Nations and people globally to tackle sustainability. He has given us the tools to use in schools. Okay. So that's the foundational tool is the compass. That's why it's called compass. So making sure that sustainability is not just environment, that when you look at the north, east, south, and west of the compass, let's make sure we consider nature, economy, society, and well-being in all of the decisions that we make so that we're not making decisions that are going to incite unintended consequences, which a lot of times people just make decisions and do things. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we, we give them the tools to make sure they're, they're seeing the whole system and mapping things out to make just better decisions. So that, that's what we do in schools, that, that whole process. So, you know, you did talk about, for example, uh, well-being. Is a, I didn't, it didn't occur to me that that's a form of sustainability. What do you mean by that? I, okay, my thought would be that I'm going to work and do whatever, but I don't want to overdo it so that I can't sustain it. Is it something like that? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. In terms of happiness and, and flourishing and the well-being of both for yourself and for your community, uh, one of the big questions that we often ask is, what is happiness? And what, what makes people happy? Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the conversations that we end up engaging in uh, are conversations about what's the difference between what you're told will make you happy and what will actually make you happy. So for human beings, and also well-being is not just human beings. It's the well-being of animals. It's the well-being of, of anything. You know, it depends on the situation that you're looking at. But when we're talking about humans specifically, a lot of the time we get into very deep conversations using these tools mm-hmm. about the root of happiness and the perception that this is where the conversation aligns. It's always all connected to economy and nature and society. But when you look at, for example, the, you know, the linear economy that we've created, kind of a consumer-driven economy, if... Uh, if a 10-year-old believes that happiness is going to come from purchasing more things and mm-hmm. having more stuff and that's what's going to make them happy in the end, um, we enter those conversations to say, is that really what makes people happy? So the well-being aspect has a lot to do with your own well-being and what, what makes you well. What is it that allows you to flourish as an individual and in your family and within your community. All right. So if I'm an administrator or a teacher and I'm listening to what you're talking about and I go, yeah, you know, that resonates with me. My next question might be, what would it look like at my school in general? And what would it look like in my classroom specifically? Yeah, this is where the language is so important because okay. there's, there's a lot of edgy jargon out there, you know, and it, and it depends where you are in the world, and it depends on the context of your school. Because schools call that kind of thing, it, it depends where you are, all kinds of different things. So for example, as an administrator or as a teacher, what we're looking at is, mm-hmm. do you have a, for example, a personal social uh, education program? Do, you know, what role do your counselors play? What, do you have an advisory program? What's the role of that? Uh, who's in charge of emotional well-being? Who, you know, all those aspects roll into well-being. And actually, globally, it's a huge question being, being asked by schools. You know, schools can't just be responsible for academic outcomes. 
they need to be responsible for the well-being of the students and the teachers and everybody within the community. So, so if I was talking to an administrator or a teacher about that, it's about making sure decisions are made to support the well-being within the structures of a school. And as, company, as Compass Education, um, what we do a lot of the time is we give the tools to frame, make connections, dig deeper, embrace mm-hmm. complexity, but we don't, we don't pretend we're the experts on everything. We now are starting to align with experts in all these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so a good example would be, as a school, if you're using these tools and wondering whether the well-being aspect in your school is, is taken care of, we actually have a self-assessment you can do okay. as a school. And that self-assessment is free on our website. Anybody can go download it. And it gives um, the indicators for each of the four systems conditions. So the seven indicators for well-being, really when you do the self-assessment, what, what it brings about is what questions should we ask? And then you start to link with experts in the field. For example, uh, a large question going, going globally right now in schools is the idea of mindfulness. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and where does it fit in? And there's a danger of, I, I got this term from somebody in a workshop that I just <laughs> ran a couple of weeks ago. They called it the, da- the danger of mindfulness. <laughs> you know, t- taking something that's great in its depth and, and an idea, but if you just do it on a surface level, it's actually not what you need to do. Right. So, so we would help to link people with, you know, you, do you want to talk about uh, wellness on a higher level than contact uh, Phuket, C- uh, contact the school in Phuket because they've got an academy on well-being oh. and they can help you dig deeper. So we're starting to create these partners in these areas that um, it's a real community of learners. So it's, it's exciting because no... No one person is the expert on all these things. It takes, takes, a, takes a community to build this sustainable future. Now, you talked about partners. And so, I mean, in a sense, you're asking school, schools to do a, a systemic change here, right? And by doing that, are you getting a lot of resistance to that, or at least some? It depends. Um, it, it depends on the schools that we're working with. When you look at, uh, it's funny because this is the dual learning of Compass. Mm-hmm. We teach people how change works. So, and we're also employing and modeling change. So change just in general, whether it's, uh, it doesn't matter what the change is, just the concept of change. Correct. So that and goes hand in hand with, by the way, here's something you should change too. <laughs> yeah. And, and how am I going to do it? So we're not right. only living change model with schools. And of course we get resistance. Um, my research in, in my dissertation right now is about that resistance. I'm researching what the resistance is to K-12 schools creating a sustainable future. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm looking from teacher aspects, uh, leadership aspects, parent and stakeholder community aspects. So in, in looking at those kind of things, yeah, we do come up against resistance most of the time. If I were to classify it into a couple of categories, uh, number one would be a lack of understanding of what sustainability is. Sure. Holds people back quite a bit. Because sustainability can be seen by people as a sacrifice. They think they're going to have to give something up to be more sustainable. And that comes from the tension that's been created between an environmental movement that has kind of alienated some people and turned people off, and on the other side of the spectrum, uh, an economy-based society 
that is driving towards profit and you know never shall the two meet in between and so that has created a real tension that if we are going to achieve a sustainable future we got to bring this together so so that understanding has been has been an interesting resistance because people don't understand that it's going to be an advantage for them and they also don't understand that perhaps when this is embraced it will actually improve the learning in their school so it's almost like they need to see the examples mm-hmm. before before they take the next step so that's part of our change model we're we're finding those um, those ways to have people see success that trialability and those those early kind of wins mm-hmm. that people look at and say oh I want more of that so what is your long-term approach then? I, I imagine you're not knocking on doors of superintendents saying, hi, I'm from Compass Education. Would you like to be sustainable? You know, you've talked a little bit about it, but do you guys have sort of yeah. a long-term strategy to conquer the world you know, in a way uh, regarding st- sustainability? Yeah, we actually just met two weeks ago. We meet once a year as a str- uh, for strategic planning. Oh, okay. So good, it was good timing a- for my question. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very <laughs> exciting time to be together as a group. And um, our, our goal is to be a leading actor in the global movement to transform learning and thinking. We want to transform action. We want to transform the learning, thinking, and action for students, teachers, administrators, and educational institutions. Mm-hmm. And we believe that that's the biggest leverage point to create the sustainable and flourishing future that we're aiming for. So the long-term goal uh, and what is already happening is we are already getting a community that is digging into the tools and the thinking, but actually the thinking is much, much more important than the tools. You know, tools are just tools. Mm -hmm. There's lots of tools that you can use to get to this kind of um, work. Uh, It just so happens we use the compass and, you know, the iceberg and a variety of different tools to to get to that higher level thinking. Um, But what we're starting to get is we're starting to get those schools who are seeing very big success in the depth of learning of students uh-huh. and, and the action plans that they are taking. And we have other schools looking in on that saying, oh, hey, how do we get in on that? And that's the way this is spreading, kind of a diffusion model of this person is telling this person or this, this person has seen something at a conference where they say, mm-hmm. hey, wow, that looks like it had a big impact in your school. That's why we offer the self-assessment for free. I gotcha. So it's, it's more of a relationship building one by one as the movement grows. Absolutely. And, and we're looking to build a community of practice. Um, we're not interested in anybody saying, hey, I'm with Compass and I'm a Compass school. That's, that's not our goal. Mm-hmm. Our, our goal truly is to build the sustainable future. How we do it and what you call it, it doesn't matter. So we, we just believe we have some tools and ways of thinking that help people. Well, let me ask about Mike Johnston. Why is Mike yeah. Johnston involved in this? Why aren't you relaxing at home watching hockey on a regular basis? <laughs> uh, I, you know, my, uh, my, my doctoral professors tell me all the time. To, to watch hockey? No. no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they say, yeah, you probably need to watch more hockey. They, they say, Mike, we hear your life's mission so clearly, and mm. it's to transform K to twelve education for deeper learning, connected learning, and a more sustainable future. That, that I just have such a passion for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they they also say, 
And remember, this is just your dissertation. So, so I'm trying to walk <laughs> my line between those. But uh, at the moment, um, you know, when Compass approached me, and I have to thank the people who, who laid the roots down uh, for this, uh, like Robert Steele and the people who, uh, you know, Alan Atkinson and the people who initially got involved in thinking that this would be good for schools. And they brought me on board as someone who was already doing this kind of work in the region. And they thought that our ideas would align. And so they certainly did. So once I started to be a part of that community of people, I just felt, you know, before I felt a little bit isolated in the work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I was part of a whole community driving towards a common goal. And so for me, I believe in it so much and I want to support it uh, as much as possible. And I think my skill set for what I bring in terms of doing, you know, t teacher conferences and keynotes and student empowerment sessions sure, and that sure. kind of thing can help the team to achieve the goal. So, so that's my reason for being involved. All right, final all question right. then. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about all this in five or maybe even ten years from now. Where do you think Compass Education is going to be at that point? Five to ten years, I think Compass Education will be much larger than it is now with a community of practice globally. And what that will look like is it will look like uh, trainers training trainers. And that includes teachers, that includes leaders, and that includes students. And it will be scaled. Um, it will be scaled like that, um, so that in five to ten years, there will just be a whole pile of people who schools can turn to for help in how to embrace complexity, think systemically, find good leverage points, and ideally, if we want to put a large scope on this. We look at the sustainable development goals out to 2030, and Compass Education plays a major role in getting the world to that point by supporting K-12 schools. In, in, an, in an ideal world, that's what it looks like for us. I've been speaking with Mike Johnson. He's an educator, a consultant, and passionate advocate for Compass Education. Thanks so much for your time today, Mike. Thank you. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com.